Hello everyone, welcome back to Supplies to Greenside. We have made it to the conclusion of the 87th Masters, and once again, it is an exciting win for the Paradigm Driver and the Callaway team. Um, things that I really noticed a lot about this week, especially as the week played on with the people in the lead, John Rahm, Brooks Kepka, and everybody, is patience. Uh, I think that this is one of the biggest skills that's often overlooked by myself and other golfers as well, that you need to be patient and stay in your game and stick with your game plan, regardless of what everybody else is doing, regardless of how others are playing, play your game, stay in the moment, and continue to do what you know how to do best. And that's exactly what John Rahm did, and that's why he walked away with the green jacket on Sunday. You know, he didn't really try to chase down Brooks. He didn't really try to hit crazy shots. He didn't try to put the ball in places that he didn't want to put the ball. And I think that things like that are the reason why these players play so well, especially in big events. You know, they really focus on doing what they know how to do and doing it to an extremely high level and committing to it and sticking with it even when things aren't going well or when it's really windy outside or when it's rained for two days straight or when for whatever reason that no one seems to know it's 45 degrees in april april in augusta georgia um those the patience of sticking with all of your routine and everything is very very challenging it's something that i'm continuing to work on myself that I'm getting better at, that I'm not as good at as I would like to be, but it takes time. All of the things that go into the golf game take a lot of time and they take patience and they take effort. Um, and so I encourage you to try and, and uh, employ, some of the, employ some of those in your own game, uh, whether it be you know when you're just out playing with friends or whatever. Try and come up with a game plan even before you go to the golf course, and try and stick with that when you go out there. You know, if you know that you don't need to hit driver on a hole, don't get to that hole that day and say, "Oh, well, I'm hitting my driver really well. I'm going to hit driver now." You know, stick to you know what you know and stick to uh, the way that you play golf. Um, things that I noticed whenever I was watching on the range this week, especially. Uh, lots of guys doing lots of drills, really trying to feel out their swing, make sure that things are repeatable. Um, I personally am a huge fan of the Hideki Matsuyama stick drill, uh, which I've shown on my Instagram. I recently tried the Tommy Fleetwood swing drill as well uh, between the yoga, mat, yoga block and the uh, alignment stick, which is a pretty challenging one. But a lot of these guys using all kinds of different drills. I know Jordan Spieth, even though it looks kind of funny, is uh, really practicing a lot of putting using like a little backpack type thing with an alignment stick across his shoulders whenever he's putting because that's going to help him to determine where the golf ball is going to go. A lot of people think that where your feet are pointed whenever you're putting is where the golf ball is going to go, but that's not the case. It's actually where your shoulders are pointed. So he's making sure that his shoulders are square to his toe line and making sure that he's getting the ball started on the correct line. The other thing that I thought was really interesting that uh, I personally don't even do that much is players hitting lots of different shot shapes on the driving range. Now, understand this is the Masters. It's a world-class driving range. It's enormous. Um, it's hundreds and hundreds of acres. There are basically two fairways that go down each side of a set of pine trees, so you can kind of hit a lot of different shots all from standing in one spot. Imagine a ton of holes in your head. But what I did see were a lot of players seemingly almost playing the golf course in their mind as they were warming up, hitting different shots uh, and things on the driving range. So they would hit a driver, and then they would hit a seven iron, and then they would hit you know, a three wood, and then they would hit a four iron or whatever it would be. 
as if they were actually playing the golf course in their mind. I know that one of the people that we were watching do this was Tiger Woods, and people were kind of getting confused as to what kind of shots was he hitting, what is he doing here, What's, why is he hitting these shots. And then eventually one of the announcers basically said that they thought that he was playing the golf course in his mind and trying to get through things. Um, you know, on the subject of Tiger Woods, unfortunate to see him withdraw this week. I think that this was a worst-case scenario for him weather-wise. Um, it couldn't have been a whole lot worse. Wet conditions, cold conditions. Um, you know, it's going to aggravate these things that he has going on. It's going to aggravate the old injuries. It's going to aggravate the new injuries. Um, and it was just, it's just a challenge. Um, it's a challenge for him to go out there to compete. Uh, that said, he did make the cut. So he does tie the record for consecutive cuts with Gary Player and Fred Couples at 23. It is still very impressive to see him go out there with the minimal amount of practice and time that he has to get his body ready to be able to go out and play in these events and, and even just make the cut, quite frankly. So um, I think that, you know, overall what we're seeing is a different Tiger Woods than we're used to seeing. A lot of us grew up watching Tiger play in the early 2000s and dominate fields and dominate week in and week out. And we're just not going to see that anymore. When we do see him, I think that as a golf community, I think we need to be a bit more grateful and appreciative of you know what he's done for the game and really just lift him up from a standpoint of like, it's awesome to see him there. It's awesome to see him come back from these injuries. It's awesome to see the recovery, to be able to be back out there and be able to play good golf. Um, I think that you know, as we go on, hopefully he'll play in some more of the majors this year. I think especially the U.S. Open at L.A. Country Club. I think from a weather perspective, that's going to be a pretty good one for him to play in. I don't know that much about L.A. Country Club and the layout. Um, you know, maybe it's going to be a bit more walkable. It's definitely going to be warmer. There shouldn't be any rain. Um, I highly doubt that it's going to be 40 degrees in Los Angeles at the time uh, in July. So, you know, hopefully we see him in, in some of those events as well. Um, and I just think that when he shows up, we just support him and, and be grateful that we still get to see one of the best players to ever play the game, you know, tee it up with um, a lot of his competitors. Um, other interesting things from the week, you know, I talked about before about the storylines that are going to develop this week. And of course they did, as they always do. I think that the live versus PGA storyline really was um, made up a little bit more by the media than the players themselves. Um, speaking to the players and things this week, watching the interviews the, from everybody, you know, it seemed a little bit more like the players weren't that concerned about that aspect. Uh, so much so that they actually had a meeting before the tournament that uh, they didn't even need to wear their logos during the event. Um, some of them chose to do it anyway because they don't have a clothing sponsor like Phil Mickelson. But if you notice, Brooks Kepka did not wear his team logo during the event, um, stating that he's sponsored by Nike and he's wearing the Nike swoosh instead. So I think some of that was a little bit manufactured. Uh, I don't think that it played out to the hype that it was supposed to be. I think at the end of the day, you know, Brooks wants to be there and, and win major championships, and it's not about live versus PGA. I mean, he even commented that if he was healthier at the time that he may have stayed with the PGA tour. And so, you know, he's thinking about himself and his longevity, especially with his knee issues and things and decided to go with live because that's where the money was and it was guaranteed. So uh, I think that that didn't really play out the way that um, everyone kind of thought that it would. The really interesting storyline that I was following quite closely and very excited about was Sam Bennett. 
Um, 36 holes, being there in the final group, playing super well. Um, you know, ultimately he ended under par for the week, but didn't play that well through the weekend. Obviously, conditions got really tough uh, with it being cold and windy and everything. But either way, to see an amateur play that well, it's been, I think, that since the early 2000s that we've seen an amateur play that well in a Masters, um, you know, finishing in the top 20, being the only amateur to make the cut. Um, it's just, it's really impressive. It's really impressive golf to see, you know, I remember I watched him and Ben Carr in the final round at uh, Ridgewood country club in the USAM last year. And it was pretty clear that both of them had, you know, elite level games. Uh, and so it's been really, really interesting to see that play out. And it's going to be great to see where Sam goes in the future as far as, um, turning professional and kind of when that timing happens. Uh, if he does it before the U.S. Open, he would obviously lose his spot there. So I don't expect it to happen before the U.S. Open. Um, but I, I would imagine that he's going to turn professional here in the next uh, year or so. And so it's going to be really cool to see. Um, it's great to see a lot of the younger guys just going out there and doing their thing and competing like right off the bat. Um, you know, it's a very different uh, way of um, amateurs going out and competing than it was many years ago. You know, a lot of these guys are much more prepared for the PGA tour. They're much more prepared for what they're going to be facing out there. And so it's really great to see, um, all of that hard work and effort on his part paying off and him playing really well this week. Um, I finally got to play in what basically is my first competitive round in about a year now, um, where I play my own ball and everything. It's not like the team event like I played in before, but I uh, played in my first one today with the RDU golf tour. So it's a little small tour that is here in the Raleigh-Durham area that puts on some events uh, for players of all skill levels. Um, but it was good to get out and finally play again. Um, I hadn't played in a couple weeks. I had been busy with work and then had a week off, but um, celebrating my wife and I's anniversary and just busy with other things. So haven't really had a, too much of a chance to play or practice or anything. But, um, you know, it overall went fairly well, I guess, all things considered. Uh, I did not hit the ball super well, um, especially off the tee. I was a negative three strokes gained off the tee, which basically just means that I hit my driver super, super poorly, um, but ended up T5, um, shot 78, which I'm not super proud of. But what I am proud about is um, doing a better job of just kind of hanging in there and trying to, again, stick with the game plan, stay a little bit cooler headed than I used to. You know, the way that I hit the ball today uh, definitely would have um, resulted in a much higher score in the past. And so I'm pretty proud of that. I'm proud of, you know, the recoveries that I made, um, during the, the round and, um, just kind of sticking with it. Um, I, I would obviously like to play a lot better and I'm still working to play a lot better. Um, but I think that today does speak a, a good bit to the, the mental aspect and, um, how much better I'm doing with that. So if I can hit some good shots and, combine the mental aspect, then uh, hopefully we're going to see some really good scores here in the near future. Uh, but yeah, it's been a huge week in golf. Obviously, the Masters is is now over. It's uh, 364 days until the next one. Um, yeah, I'm one of those people that absolutely loves the Masters, loves everything about it. You know, I, I did speak too about um, my wife and I trying to get tickets to go down there. We Drove from my parents' house, which is about two hours away, down to Augusta on Monday to try and grab some last-minute tickets. Um, unfortunately, it didn't really work out for us, which was disappointing. 
Um, I really wanted to see Adam Svensson uh, while he was down there. You know, he had a little bit of a rough week, but it was his first major, first Masters. Um, I am certain that he learned a ton this week and is only going to improve from here. So um, really excited to see how he improves as well. And uh, I can't wait for my next tournament, and I'm just going to continue preparing and, like I said, doing the things that I know how to do, working on my own game, sticking to my game plan, and we're going to see where it takes us. So hope you listen in next time, and I appreciate you listening to this episode. And uh, g- keep giving the likes and follows on Instagram. Rate the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. And thanks for listening in this week. We'll see you next time. <laughs>